Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and I can't start today's show without talking about the ISO 10002. You know, some people just love to complain, but companies have a responsibility to care. The International Organization for Standardization, ISO, has revised ISO 10002, the standard for complaint handling. This document enables organizations to foster a customer-focused environment, open the feedback, heightening their customer satisfaction. You can get the ISO 10002, Standard from the American National Standards Institute, ANSI, U.S. member body of ISO. Visit ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. That's ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 14 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs one one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. We're meeting with Tom O'Keefe, Managing Director of Southern Classic Chicken. And Southern Classic Chicken, who offers home-style fried chicken, utilizes a drive-through or walk-up model in each location, which has poised the concept for continued expansion throughout this pandemic and beyond. I'm going to talk to Tom about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. Stick around because we have a great show. Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free, no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. 
That's FranchiseTeacher.com. Or call us at 561-385-3032. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 14 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs all in one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Tom O'Keefe, the managing director of Southern Classic Chicken. At Southern Classic Chicken, who offers home-style fried chicken, utilizes a drive-through or walk-up model in each location, which is poised a concept for continued expansion throughout the pandemic and even beyond. Hi, Tom. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Marty. I appreciate you reaching out and giving me the opportunity to to talk with you this morning. And anytime I have the chance to speak about Southern Classic Chicken and its story, um, I'm very happy to do so. Uh, this is this is going to be my pleasure, Tom. We always like to ask our guests, where, where are you calling from this morning, Tom? I'm calling from Louisiana, just outside New Orleans. Oh, okay, fantastic. And, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I, By the way, congratulations. I saw you uh, an article on you, uh, Tom, in the uh, Franchise Times, by the way, which, is, of course, is my favorite magazine. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic that uh, that you were in there. And then I learned, you know, I mean, Southern Classic Chicken, I mean, has has a pretty long history, doesn't it? Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I'd be happy to because it's a question that I frequently get when I do get interviewed, and uh, yeah. I did appreciate, you know, Franchise Times uh, giving us that attention. It was terrific. Yeah, and, and but I commonly am asked, you know, why would would a excuse me a new company start franchising them? And yeah, you know, my my immediate reaction is, well, this company is new to franchising, but they're not new to the industry. Right. Um, this is a thirty-plus-year-old brand, and uh, it has. Yeah, it's been out there, and it's been just kind of like that little train that could. Um, and now we're at the point where, for many reasons, which I'm sure we'll discuss, yeah. the timing felt right, you know, put together and launched the franchise program. Uh, but in terms of, you know, the operating history of this brand, it's it's absolutely tremendous. And, and in fact, you know, I'll get questioned about, you know, why take on, you know, competitor A or competitor B. Right, right. I'll, I'll, kind, of, I'll kind of laugh and say, well, guess what? Um, Southern Classic has been in business longer than competitor A or competitor B. <laughs> That's true, right? <laughs> That's fantastic, Tom. Yeah, no, it is great, right? Because I, right, as you said, it's probably a common question. You know, as you, you think of some of the, you know, the big ones that are out there, Tom. How do you, how does Southern Classic Chicken then? I mean, typically, you know, because I know you're asked the question all the time. I mean, how do you differentiate yourself then from some of those others? You know, the player A and player B that are out there in in your particular industry. I think that probably goes back to the the roots uh, of the mm-hmm. concept. Yeah, uh, it started out. It, it's basically you know um, initially was maybe like a, a small town player, if you will, right? And um, <clears throat> didn't really go onto a, the, the bigger stage. Um, yeah, you know, to some degree that's still true, but um, obviously in the, <clears throat> excuse me, in Northwest Louisiana, Shreveport mm-hmm. area, it, it's dominant, and um, that's a, a bigger stage than you know maybe some of the initial locations. Uh, but that also gives us the confidence that we can take this and scale it because of the direct com- competitors and results that they've yeah. gotten against those direct competitors in the Northwest Louisiana market. Uh, right. When I actually went up, when I went up there and I visited it, 
I was really amazed by, I, I, I've called it, it's like a cult-like following mm-hmm. um, to the point to the point where um, they've never done advertising or marketing. Um, they open wow. a new location. They do no marketing, no advertising. They just build it, and the name and the, the brand recognition is there. And That's it's amazing. a draw. And, and I really think that the point of differentiation is obviously, you know, the, the, the taste profile. you mm-hmm. got a product that has lasted, you know, has survived, you know, admirably a 30-year commercial test of time right. and is still putting out the numbers that it does. So clearly the the product works. I think also the second part of that is the price-to-value relationship because yeah. by starting out and kind of dominating these smaller markets, the economics are such that they can keep their pricing below most competitors and certainly competitors that are, you know, are, are national players. Mm-hmm. And I think that that advantage will still, you know, we can leverage that advantage even as we grow this thing and take it to bigger markets because of that, that aspect of the model. It seems like, too, with the model, Tom, you know, when I was researching it, that was the walk-up model, was it always there, or was that something new, or is it something that you've always always had implemented uh, with Southern Classic no, Chicken? No, it, it's been there, it's been there for, for most, if not all, of the history. There are That's some incredible. dining restaurants, although they are in the minority. I mean, this was, yeah. you know, it is, it's, a, it's a drive-through walk-up right. model, um, you know, but, but most of the stores currently, but... Going forward, the franchise prototype that will only be the drive-through walk-up model. We're, gonna, right. we're not going to have the uh, the dining. And actually, uh, to be honest, that was a decision that was made even pre-COVID. That's clever, isn't it? You know, it, what was interesting. I remember um, reading in the article, Tom, I, that the brand saw a 20% increase in system-wide sales last year when the demand for off-premise dining increased nationwide, and now it's starting to become, of course, as you know, the standard practice in the fast food industry, you know, and, and that's amazing. The, the theme of this show kind of last year was, you know, as you can imagine, was, was COVID. You know, a lot of franchises, sure. they did have to pivot. You know what I mean? They said, okay, we weren't ready for this, so we had to do something. But it seems to me, you know, your model was already set up for this, you know, whether it was COVID or, or, or not. So, I mean, that, how, how did the pandemic – I hate to say it played a positive role in, in, in your business, but, but the business certainly wasn't hurt, was it? No, and I think maybe I, I would phrase it just slightly differently. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that maybe you know, the pandemic was, quote, good. I think, right. if anything, it just validated that that yeah. model yeah. directionally was right because it, it proved that, I don't, you know, just like you want to try to find models that are recession-proof, you know, maybe right. this is pandemic-proof, <laughs> if that's a phrase. Right, right, but it, exactly. It, it just showed us that, you know, we were on the right path prior, and to your point, unlike a lot of other concepts, that they had to stop, go back to the drawing board, create a new prototype or a new model within their existing prototype, you know, to respond to uh, a pandemic or what they think that, you know, what the reimagined landscape is going to be. We were, we were ahead of that. And, right. and then, like I said, the results that we saw during it validated the decision on the prototype. Right, of course, and it seems like the menu too is 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 streamlined for for the most part, isn't it, Tom? You know, I mean, compared to you know other other players that are out there, you know, maybe you can talk a little bit about that because I, I think that's very clever, particularly when we're talking about franchising. There's no question that there's a, a couple ways that you can go um, as a franchisor in the food space. Mm-hmm. The attitude here was, you know. Let's, let's keep it simple. Let's excel yes. at what we do, you know, the bone and right. chicken. 
um, even to the point where, you know, resisting pressure to add a chicken sandwich because everyone else has a chicken sandwich. Right. Um, not right. to say that, you know, down the road that might fit, but it would have to fit sure. for a reason other than, you know, everyone else is doing it. Um, right. And so, you know, sticking to what they, have, they know, what right. they do best and have done best for 30 years, uh, just keep doing that. And, of course. Uh, also, you know, when you want to scale, that's also a consideration because now you you got to replicate the model and you got to put it in the hands of new operators. And so, you know, the, the easier and less complicated you can make that, I think the better chance of success. Right. Uh, so that's been a real – and I think that's a, also a very good example about um, the discipline of the Fanning family uh, yeah. and how they have conducted the business and operated and uh, – I think they've been very wise to stay true to their guiding principle, which is, you know, we are uh, a 1,500-square-foot drive-through, mm-hmm. drive walk-up, bone-in fried chicken, um, southern restaurant with uh, terrific chicken and terrific right. rice. And you're certainly part of a, a big industry, aren't you, Tom? I don't know what the numbers are in your particular industry. I imagine it's got to be in the billions, though, right? I mean, it, 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 it's up oh, there, isn't it? It's a big industry, and, and, and it seems like it's growing, too, you know, which is, is, is fantastic, of course, as the markets get bigger here in the United States, you know, so I, I think that's terrific. What's What's been one of the more most interesting things that's happened to you uh tom since being part of the organization i imagine you have hundreds of stories but i imagine that the the you know franchising has has been an interesting part of it but anything else kind of stand out and and i think i've mentioned this in in other um interviews but Mm -hmm. it bears repeating and to me what has been uh, i'll call it really refreshing to be associated with this brand yeah because of the fanning family Right. And um, the, just the way they are, who they are, um, they are just humble, uh, every one of them. Uh, they're hard, hard-working guys. They're in their restaurants every day. Um, wow. They only, will, they only want to do it the right way. They, um, they know what they know. They are not afraid of what they don't know because they're right. willing to listen to advice invest in uh, that advice if it means enhancing the system in a way that uh, you know we as you know, the franchise professionals think we we know what we see and where we we know we can take it right um, they've, they've built a great company they've built a great model they have tremendous following they invest in their communities um, they're, they're just as a lawyer representing them they couldn't be a more model client. Wow. It, there's something nice about being part of a family organization, isn't there, Tom? You know, I mean, and, and your franchisees, to some extent, I guess when they become franchisees, they get to be part of that standing family to some extent, don't they? They do. And that's why um, we've been very selective uh, in terms of, you know, the vetting pro- um, yeah. process of franchisee prospects. Uh, yeah. We've turned away, you know, more groups. We haven't signed a deal yet. We're we we're, we're close on a couple, uh, right? But again, you know, we're not going to yield. We, we have you know our preferred candidate profile. We we, we want to again make sure that uh, the first one or two have to be you know just grand slams, not just one runs. Right, right. And they they have you know they have the patience um, to not just and, you know 
That's, that's important too, isn't it, Tom? Right. It's to be patient, isn't it? You know what I mean? It, it, it's, they're out there. And speaking of that, Tom, I mean, so what, you know, what does Southern Classic Chicken look for or what are they looking for in their, their new franchisees? I mean, as you mentioned, it, it seems like there's sort of specific characteristics or traits that you know would make a great Southern Classic Chicken franchisee. What would some of those traits or characteristics be? Yeah, I think they fall into a couple of buckets. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. um, they have to be well-capitalized. Right. But I think that you're going to find more often than not there's, there's plenty of people, um, fortunately, that, that will meet that criteria. But it right. certainly is a criteria. I think more right. importantly, though, uh, food service operating experience uh, is critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We even would prefer multi-unit food service experience. I right. think, you know, an ideal candidate, an ideal candidate for us might be a multi-unit franchisee in another system who wants to diversify, either because sure. they're maxed out on whatever territory they may have in that concept. Right. They have, they've, built, they've built teams, and they want to give growth opportunities to their team members. And so they're looking to you know, kind of spread uh, the portfolio a little bit. Uh, so that would be appealing to us. But then the third piece is the fit. You know the chemistry. Mm-hmm. You mentioned family. Right. Um, yeah. So you know there has to be that fit as well. So I think you know that putting them in those three buckets that would be our our key drivers of what you know defines our preferred candidate. Yeah, I think I think that's really important. And what about how how's the training work then, Tom? Like for your new franchisees, I mean, will they? Is it they come down to headquarters? Is that how it works? Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Sure. So, yes, um, they will undergo a four-week training mm. um, session, and that okay. will occur in, uh, at headquarters, which you know, currently is the, the Shreveport base. Right. And, um, that would be a combination of classroom and then um, on-site in, in restaurants up there. And then uh, prior to their opening and in conjunction with their opening, we'll be on-site for five days to assist with that. And that will overlap the pre and the you know and the initial couple of days of opening, and then right. ongoing. Um, you know, there's a bit availability for them to then um, either at their request or if we determine that that we think that they need uh, additional training, then we can go in and do so on a per diem basis for them. Right. That, that, that's really important. What about, is there such a thing like as a, a, a typical day for a Southern Classic Chicken franchisee, Tom? I, again, I guess it depends on if they're, you know, single unit, multi-unit, but it sounds like you also mentioned, too, that um, your franchisees will be very involved in, in, in the community as well. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that because I think that's important. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, a very hands-on um, undertaking for the franchisee. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, if it's a person who um, he's his own capital source and he's also going to you know, run everything operationally, then it's uh, absolutely you know going to be a full-time job. It's right. going to be a very hands-on endeavor. Um, we do like the community involvement. You know, as as yeah. we kind of flesh out the the program and, and start experiencing franchisees in new markets, you know, we'll right. identify with their with their assistance, of course you know, what um, charities we want to be involved with, uh, what outreach that, you know, we'd like to see in the community. But that's going to be a, a, a big piece of it because not only is it the right thing to do as a good corporate citizen, mm-hmm. it's also brand building. It's a, you're building awareness. Yes, um, right. And it's just, the right th- it's just the right thing to do. 
Um, yeah. They have a long, long history of doing it themselves. Um, and I think that, you know, you look around at most systems that, you know, kind of emphasize that, uh, that's only, that only comes back in spades. Sure. But it is going to be, it's going to take now, if you have a, if, if we have a person who is uh, to the point where they have teams and, and they won't be the actual person, you know, hands-on, boots on the ground, mm-hmm. we'll obviously have to prove their designated uh, operating partner. And once that's right. done, then that, that person would, of course, you know, take on, you know, the hands-on work because, like, as I mentioned at the outset, uh, with the Fannings, I mean, they're in their stores every day. Um, right. That's amazing. It, it, and, and you have so much experience, Tom. I mean, you, you've been doing this for a long time now. For, from everything you've learned up to this point, what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? Because you know that there's, there's so much out there today. I think they say there's something like 3,000 or 3,500 different systems when it comes to franchising. So there's so much to choose from. So, I mean, from everything you've learned up to this point, what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? Well, certainly um, seek out some assistance, whether it would be from a legal perspective, you know, accounting mm-hmm. perspective, financial. Yeah. Uh, if you have, if you're not sure uh, about, you know, the the, or maybe you are intimidated a little bit by the process, because right. I think a lot of people under underestimate really how regulated and legally intensive the franchise yes. world is. Agreed. You know, at yeah. the end of the day, you know, irrespective of the underlying concept. It's a regulated contract, and it's a multi-decade agreement. Uh, if right. it goes right, right, uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, you know, are going to be invested in flow. And right. so, um, it is a real, real serious undertaking. And then, of course, you know, get that FDD from the franchisor and mm-hmm. hire someone who really understands. You know, you know it's a prospectus basically, and we get someone right. really to understand it. If you don't, and, and walk you through it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you, you do have options, but you want to find that system that has, a, in my view, they've got the operating experience and history of not just, not just selling franchise, but opening franchise locations, mm-hmm. opening profitable franchise locations. Right. Yeah. And, you know, to me, one of the, one of the big, big points of validation is talk to as many of that system's franchisees, and I'd ask them just one question. And the one question would be, would you do it again? Powerful and question. If they tell me that, yeah. And if they tell me yes, then I know yeah. that franchisor is doing something right. Yeah, that is. That's a powerful question. Yeah, I, I think that's fantastic. And it sounds like, I mean, it's it's really an exciting part of the history right now for Southern Classic Chicken, Tom. Um, where do you see the organization? You know, if you could look into a crystal ball, maybe three years, five years down the road, where do you see Southern Classic Chicken? I'd like to say that it's an, um, a name that is going to be known in many more markets than it currently is. Yeah. We, um, we've purposely avoided putting a number of units that we'd like to see right. you know, out yeah. there in, in a three to five. Yeah. But you know, our initial focus is uh, southeast United States. So, yeah, I call it inside-out growth. So we're, we're starting to report. We'll, mm-hmm. you know, we'll do a 300-mile you know, bubble, call it, and then we're just going to keep right. you know, growing that bubble. But there's plenty, plenty, plenty of uh, of runway in in the in the southeast without question. So I'd like us to be have emerged as a significant, if not dominant, regional player uh, in the fried chicken space. 
That's fantastic. Do you, do you see at some point, again, it's, I know way down the road, Tom, but I mean, do you see like international or global? Is, is that, you know, a part of, you know, the plan as well, or that, that's well into the future? It is. Um, I think, you know, it, to me, it's, it's still baby steps. Let's, let's yeah. keep, right. um, you know, keep it, keep it confined for the moment in, in, yeah. in a good way. Um, yeah. Geographically. I think that that's a, a common mistake that, Legend franchisors make, and that is that they yeah, they get tempted to you know sign a big deal in a market that mm-hmm. you know, hundreds if not thousands of miles away from them, and then they have trouble supporting yeah. it and right. no brand recognition and yeah. So it's it's tempting, but in in time. yeah, I yeah I, I I think that's that that's a great response, Tom. And what's the best way, Tom, for our listeners to get more information on Southern Classic Chicken? Of course, it's the product, but even more so the, the franchise opportunity. Are there any websites you can kind of direct them to? Sure. You can go to you know, the, the southernclassicchicken.com the website. It has a, a link uh, to the you know, franchising uh, mm-hmm. tab, and you'll, you'll see um, there you, you can fill out you know, the initial um, request for information, send it in. Uh, and then we'll process from there. That's fantastic. Well, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you today, Tom, and I'd already like to invite you back over the next year or two as you continue to grow, because I think this is an exciting time for Southern Classic Chicken. Well, thanks, Marty. Again, appreciate it, and I'm glad to anytime. This has been my pleasure, Tom, and we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every entrepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over eight years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting Franchise Interviews many years now, and during that time we've had some incredible quotes on the show. Today you're going to get to hear a quote from Peter Baldini. Peter was a guest that we had on the show many years ago, and it's interesting because you can kind of go back 13, 14 years ago to our earliest podcast and still learn some great lessons. Peter is the Chief Development Officer for Moran Industries, and Peter on this particular podcast discusses some of the several advantages of franchising compared to non-franchise businesses, things like support, guidance, and instantaneous relationships. So here we go with Peter Baldine of Moran Industries. You know, franchising is all about systems. It's about, you know, business systems that work, okay? And uh, it, it's not always as all that specific to the, the widget that you're selling as it is to the systems that you provide the franchisee 
in order to run their business successfully. Okay, and Moran Industries has the infrastructure in place from with with all the various support systems that a franchisee really needs to be effective in how they run their business. Keep in mind that a, a new franchisee coming into um, you know owning their first business is not used to having to be uh, the person with all the answers in several different areas uh, of the business world, you know. So a fr uh, someone who opens up an independent business has to be the HR person, uh, the operations person, the marketing person, uh, the financial person. You know, all those different aspects have to be covered and all those different decisions have to be made. And with a system like Moran Industries, one of the great things is that our franchisees, don't really have to be the experts in all those areas. They can pick up the phone any day of the week, and they can call, you know, the 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 marketing department, or the operations department, or the accounting department, and and get support and answers for the decisions that they have to make on a daily basis. So that infrastructure, you know, is is critical to the success of um, of new franchisees who haven't owned their own business before. And it starts all the way back in the beginning. You know, it starts all the way back in the beginning when they first sign those agreements with all the help that we give them in the startup phase. You know, you have two different aspects of it. You've got the startup support where we're helping them with, you know, site selection and lease negotiation and equipment purchases and all those types of things. And then you move into a different area of development once they open their doors with the ongoing, you know, support that they, uh, that they receive. Fantastic. You wrote that great article, um, Peter. It was called Gaining an Edge with Vendor-Supplier Relations. I, I saved that one in my archives. It, it sounds like Moran Industries has strong relationships with their vendor partners, you know, which is fantastic for your new franchisees and, and your current franchisees, you know, just uh, working with you guys. Did you want to talk a little bit about that and why it's, like, important? Sure. Uh, I appreciate you uh, mentioning that article. Uh, didn't, didn't know that uh, you had read it, but uh, I actually, when that article was published, I got a lot of phone calls, uh, you know, from That's people in article. the industry about that article. Yeah. Um, and it was really kind of a fun article to write because um, it, it's something that um, – <laughs> that I guess uh, you know you have to be as old as me to um, to you know understand those experiences you know <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but those um, uh, those vendor relationships are are very important you know my my mentor you know uh, back years ago uh, I remember having dinner with him one night and one of the things that he and he asked me a question I said geez I'm not sure and he said you know what the answer to that is and he said well. You know, you have to look at, in, in, in running a franchise company, you have to look at what all your available resources are to help your franchisees. And, and, right. and he asked me to define what my resources were. And I didn't define it real well at that time when I was a, a young kid, you know. Right. Right. <laughs> but what I learned through that discussion early on was that you have a, a, a lot of different resources that, um, you know, available to you that um, you don't always – look at you don't always recognize and you don't always use properly and the relationships with your vendors can be uh, tremendous resources in helping your franchisees we don't sell we don't sell product to our franchise to our franchisees uh, we're not in the product business we used to be in the product business and we decided that uh, for our business at least some people do that well but for our business we decided that it was a distraction and what we really needed to focus our energy on was our core business which was being a good franchisor so we went back at that time 
and began really establishing strong vendor relationships, negotiating well on behalf of our franchisees to give them the savings so that their cost of goods would be lower than their competitors. Uh, found in the process that um, you know we had many vendors who were willing to do other things for us, who were willing to share ideas with us on uh, on you know advertising and marketing support. For example, we've got a couple of vendors who um, have very strong marketing departments, and and they work closely with our marketing department to uh, help put together ad campaigns for our franchisees. So you know the vendor relationships can be much more than just buying product. You know, uh, so our, our our role with our vendors is to negotiate um, both you know purchases and services on behalf of our franchisees to give them the best deal possible out there. Absolutely, and the franchisees appreciate that, which I guess you know it has you have a stronger relationship between the franchisee and franchisor. Franchise interviews from Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to franchise interviews. Franchise Interviews.